0: Are you the host or am I? You're the host. I'm the the yep. So, I think we're recording, and for the first podcast, Relentless Life on your Term digitally, I welcome friend of mine, Mr. Graham Home. Thanks for being here, mate.
1: Thanks for having me, Chris.
0: Now, Graham, you run a you run a business similar to mine called Infinity. Tell us a bit about the business.
1: Yeah, Chris. Late 2012, my wife Rebecca and I set up Infinity but very sim- similar passion, passions and philosophies to yourself and Billy, I think, which made his help people get that step closer to their retirement, comfortable retirement and financial future.
0: Yeah, no, you're 2012, I know you started when you were 18 years old, um, getting into the finance game. So like myself, almost 20, 19 years in the game, myself as well, 20, so a lot of similarities and just a common need to want to see people get, get, get forward financially. You're a multi-award winning firm. You're, you're doing amazing things. And people always think competition is, um. They look, I call it collaboration so much more powerful
1: than competition because together we can achieve a lot more. Absolutely. More yeah, I know. A lot of people say to me, oh, you and Chris always talk about each other and hold each other in such high regard. And I say, yeah, because we're not competitors, although people deem it to be competition. We're talking about collaborating all the time.
0: Yeah, and no, I think that's important because people think, you know what, you might lose a sale here and there, but the man, you can actually help each other and how many much more impact you can have. Like myself at Reventon, I know we've helped 3,000 people. So if I want to help 50,000, I know I can't do that by myself. And I also see a lot of the things that you're doing. And you also speak on stage with Success Resources with some of the biggest names of the world. And I know you're really having an impact, first and foremost, on helping people financially understand how much money they need to be saving on their mortgage, different products, and, as, and one of the things I heard you do recently, which intrigued me a lot, the banks recently passed a policy that they will only have up to 20000 available for redraw.
1: Yeah, so, uh, well, a lot of the banks, um, when, when COVID sort of hit pretty hard and fast initially, a lot of the banks sort of stepped in and said they weren't going to do much more than $20,000 cash out in a new loan. And I found that really intriguing because I was more worried about people that were still employed to, to have a buffer so they could see this through and any challenges in their businesses or their personal life. Um, so we went off and, and spoke to a wholesale lender, Chris, and, and put together a product where you could borrow 20% for the banks that wouldn't give you cash out, where you could borrow 20% of the total debt and lock that into a second offset account in case things went haywire, you know, haywire in your world. And I know you
0: talk about a lot and so do I. Interest is calculated daily, so the more you have up your sleeve, the more buffer you'll have, but it's ironic but like with anything, that the, the product is a subsidiary
1: of one of the big fours anyway. which is Correct, yeah. And, and people people get funny about it, but it's a product from the big fours and the money sits in offset anyway or redraw. So you're not actually paying for it. It's unutilized funds. So there's no interest charge to have the money sitting there in the event of emergency and it's funded from one of the big four, which mate, is hilarious.
0: Which means you know that it's a very common practice. But the, the main thing that people, the misconception around redraw or offset is they're going to pay interest on the full amount, but it's only about on the interest of the the amount of unused funds. So, in the offset, they're not paying interest on that money.
1: Correct. That's right.
0: Which is very very important to have that. And so, one of the things that since COVID nineteen is hit, because a lot of people are in panic mode, what should we do? Should we, you know, should we buy? real estate, should we not? Should we refinance? What's been the biggest change for infinity?
1: Look, I don't know about Reventon, Chris. I think the, the people's perception is reality, as you probably heard me say on stage and, and when we socialise and that a lot. And people's perceptions have changed. And I think as, as far as, which has changed their reality or they believe it has, um, the economy is still ticking along in a lot of aspects, but I think there is going to be a brief pause. And I think you agree, but I think the main thing is hysteria and fear. And I think if we can get away from that, people are going to know that this is a bit of a pause and come out okay. For us, our lending departments picked up substantially. Yep. Um, also, financial planning. I mean, we don't we don't do the financial planning ourselves. We refer out to a series of planners. Uh, I know that the planning departments have been crazy busy, crazy, crazy busy. People, you know, worried about losing balances in funds and and cash and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, financial planning and lending seems to have picked up. Um, but I think uh, the real estate arm, um, uh, momentarily, people have started freaking out, assuming that. Values are going to decrease in property um, temporarily. I mean, it's a long-term play, but I definitely say real estate investment slowed down a bit. Definitely.
0: Look, and I agree with that because obviously, as you know, I've got five key services. Finance is going gangbusted because obviously so many things, people are trying to borrow money, but banks are changing the criteria so, so rapidly. Mm. The financial planning kit, people want to know that they're insured. But from a real estate point of view, everything's on hold. People ask you, what do you think is going to happen? And I say, how long do you think this will go for? Yeah. People say, I don't know. I said I can tell you one thing. I, I'm not. I'm not. I can't predict it. But is it mm-hmm. going to be three months? I say it's going to be six months. The yeah. property is a 10 to 12 year proposition. Yeah. So I say to people, put that in the scheme of things, and you can only relate it back to the last recession when we had uh, the GFC, when we had major economic events. What happened to real estate? And the real estate that mean you were selling to... In the four to seven hundred thousand mark the affordable the affordable range, yeah. I think it's gonna be the less impacted because people still need to live somewhere, people still need to invest, people, people are still paying tax.
1: hundred so like, percent Chris. I mean people need a roof over their head. We don't we don't all need chairs in Apple and Face Space and MyBook and all this. You know, we need a roof over our head to feel safe and warm and dry and a lot of people to work remotely from home. That bracket, I agree, mate, and we have similar philosophies. That four to seven hundred thousand bracket is the the more predominantly turned section of the market. It's more affordable, it's more realistic, it has a better yield. Um, but I, I agree, I think it's gonna bounce back quicker than the other areas, the other segments of the market.
0: And I don't think we'll take a big hit to whenever you see massive wipe offs in the in the share market, you'll always see a massive increase in buy-send when it comes to real estate. Mm. Now, of course, this is unprecedented in terms of the what's going on globally, but I think that the philosophy or the history will repeat itself in the sense Real estate will always
1: be strong investment. I mean, look, long term, I mean, shares and real estate, they both do well long term. It's just that, you know, we, we don't have the panic selling in real estate that we do right now that people have been in shares or these biggest one-day crashes. Yes, we've subdued and we've settled. Uh, but you and I know as well that from, you know, absolute pain and chaos usually comes the largest growth that we've ever seen in a, in a period of time. So I'm actually excited
0: look, I'm very excited too because of the unknown and the change. It's changed everything as we've known it. And it's the new way of doing business is going to be, I think, definitely different. What are the main tips that you're telling your clients now they should look out for in terms of their current finances? What they should consider when they're looking at real estate? What are the main things you're saying to them?
1: The number one, or a couple of couple of numbers, but number one is have a, a budget and a financial plan or blueprint, which I know you're strict on as well, Chris. And it's, it's figuring out that discretionary spending each week. What do you need for food, fuel and fun and a bit of entertainment or fun? But the rest of it needs to stay off your it. debt. Interest is calculated daily. so So we're really, really pushing people on food, fuel and fun and everything else off debt. And outside of that, if you don't need it, then you don't need it. So we're really, really big on that. We're pushing that through our private banking arm at the moment, and our and our coaches. Um, but it's absolutely discretionary spending, and and outside of that, I mean, if you've got that in line, then the rest of it should fall into place. Really, um, yeah. now people ask, is it still a good time to buy? I mean, we've still got people, as you were buying at the moment, that you know are in you know stable careers and industries. They're not an at-risk industry due to COVID. Uh, I, I think it's just buying well, being smart, and, and if you're investing, it's got to be with a long-term view. You know, you're not absolutely. going to get rich quick.
0: I just did. I just did a podcast with John Raver, who's the director of Urbane Homes, and it is a long-term view. And I also heard Mark Boris say, who I know that we're both fans of, and I know you work with him as well. The best time to invest, I always say, was 20 years ago. The second best. Absolutely.
1: Investor. And the absolutely,
0: is, the market won't change. Are you a speculator and investor. You have a long-term view of things. So, I think it's important. And, and John spoke, you make money while purchasing real estate. What he means by that is purchasing at a great price. I think you make money when you buy and you sell. So it's important to buy the right market, the right safety that's the right buffers. And then you've got the right person selling it at the right price.
1: So, 100% Chris, I love that when people say you, you make money when you buy and you've just said you make it when you buy and sell. Of I, agree, I agree with you, Chris, because if you never sell, you never make the money. It's all monopoly. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people, there's no coffins with pockets. So it, you, you make it when you buy, but you also make it when you sell. And if you never sell, it's all make-believe money. That's it's equity. True.
0: Or the other option is if you're using that equity to buy more wealth and build it because it's an income-producing asset. So one thing I know, Infinity does a lot and Reventon does a lot and other companies that are great and, and are good do their clients as well, they encourage people to use their equity to smart investments. And I yep. think... It comes back to, if you ball it back, discretionary spending, the advantage of COVID-19 now, where are you going to spend your money? So when I speak on stage, I say, you know what? If I said you've got 40 hours a week more now, you're not working, 40, 50, 60, whatever it is you work, what would you do more of? And people go, spend, you have to. I well, know you don't have that option. That's actually forcing you to watch your discretionary spending. I challenge people to say, when COVID-19 is behind us, in distant memory, Will you have the same habits? Will you be able to maintain the same discipline? Right now, you've
1: got no choice. Well, that's right. I mean, I don't think I've ever walked my dogs as much in my life as I have in the last couple of weeks. So, and, and you know, and that's pretty common around me. But and you know, the, the shopping center's a ghost town, but you're right, Chris. It's can people maintain this this discretionary spending strategy right now that they are now, post-COVID nineteen? And I think that's really important because here's an opportunity for everybody to learn how to actually put a plan in place through being forced to. uh, Because let's be honest, they've been forced to. And if they can see that through and actually put that back into whatever we classify as normal life moving forward, I think they'll be in a much more, we know they'll be in a much better financial position.
0: But what's very exciting, it takes 21 or 42 days to actually solidify a habit. Now this is gonna go for months a lot longer. So for the people out there that are actually writing their budget, that are working their budget, it will become a lot more second nature to them because they're forced to do it over a long period of time. So in my right. clients, I'm just um, encouraging them to understand that these habits, when they're lifted, need to continue because they can pay your mortgage quick and build your wealth faster.
1: Absolutely. You know,
0: building wealth, I always say, you can make it while, the, while your equity is growing. But if you manage to also pay off your debt, it's, hap- it's happening at two levels.
1: I draw that picture for people all the time, Chris. It's, you know, the people that are just chipping away and they think that it's great to own a home but pay the minimum repayment. They may as well rent and not have the overheads and the maintenance and repairs and costs. You've got to be paying debt down whilst you're waiting for capital appreciation and you're making twice as much as the average person because the people that are just chipping away with minimums and living a lavish lifestyle, well, all they're really doing is waiting on capital appreciation because their principal's only going to drop bugger all each year.
0: And also, I know you talk about it. We both do. Having a buffer and a safety net is so important. You're doing yeah. this twice as fast when you're actually paying off your debt, and you can actually leverage against the So, and I think uh, having a lower LVR, so having a lower debt, is always going to be you're going to be susceptible, or you're going to be in a better position to not be in trouble when COVID happens, or when you lose your job, or when rates go up. You're going to be able to control it a lot better.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think about rates
0: at the moment, Graham?
1: Well, we can only we can only go down one more, can't we? So, I mean, look, it, it'll be interesting and whether that has any effect or not, I'm a bit concerned in the market at the moment. I mean, I've been saying for the last two, three years, don't fix, don't fix, don't fix, that we were always destined to... Forget the pandemic, forget COVID. Our economy was always not in as good a light as people thought it was. And, and but again, people listen to the media. So I've been saying don't fix for years. Um, a lot of people a lot of my family and people have listened to that and customers Uh, it's at an interesting point now do you fix right now or is there a little bit left to go I mean in these in these interesting economic times um, are we in a position through competition where the banks may have to start dropping a little bit more and get tighter on their margins so personally Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that competition's going to kick in and there might be a little bit more give for the consumer before we all fix
0: I think, look, it's a great question. I think a couple of things when, when I'm asked that question. Um, do you fix? I think the fixed rate of three to, three to five years is kind of where they're predicting it's gonna be anyway. It's an insurance policy. Mm. I think if you're thinking of fixing, maybe consider partially fixing, not fully fixing to have that flexibility. But if I'm asked the question, do I think it will go down further? I think the answer is yes. I well, think so. It, at least be sustained. I don't think you're gonna see any major increases in the next three to
1: five years anyway. We no work. way. No way. I, no, no way at all. I mean, I think that there'll be another give. We hope there will be, and I'm confident of it, but I don't ever like to play crystal ball, but I'm still telling our customers, don't fix. Let's just hang on. And like you say, Chris, if, if, if there's some sort of financial circumstance or one of them are out of employment or reduced income, let's look at a combination loan and yeah. let's have a variable component we can smash down in the next few years and let's lock what we can't pay off. Let's lock that away. So you're right. And, and again, this comes back to people getting good, genuine advice rather than the broker who just says fix so they can lock their trail income and the customer can never move. I think it's really important they get good, genuine advice that's in their best interests.
0: And all brokers aren't credit equal. You
1: know that, right? Oh, 100%. And it's,
0: uh, I speak a lot about that in my book. Now, a couple of points I want to bring up with you. If you, you also work with your wife. You started Infinity eight years ago, so congratulations. Yes, right. How many businesses that that stand the test of time, especially
1: doing what we do. Well, you, you uh, and Billy have done the same. Mate. 15 years now. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been great. It's To be honest, it feels like a week. Um, it's gone so quick. We've been fortunate enough to have all the other services, which I know you're bad at most and you're continuing to have that holistic view. So yep. there's a lot of benefits to working with your significant other. There's a lot of challenges won't go through them in this hour. We don't have long enough. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. It's always been great because when you have a partner that shares the views of your business and I've met Beck as well, obviously a number of times, lovely girl, very smart. She's actually in finance as well. Billy's actually in finance. I'm more of a property person in the relationship. Yep. You guys mainly have finances kind of, both mainly finance,
1: yeah? Yeah, look, finance is our core business Um, and and Beck's a lot of the brains around the structure and strategy of how we're doing ongoing mentoring and coaching and budgeting with that. Um, I I was more of a, a property person many years ago, much like yourself. I'm uh, probably a combination of the two. I still love my property. I'm obsessed with my property. Um, but finance is where the heart lies, that's for sure.
0: Me, I'm the other way. Like um, I know a bit of finance and I studied finance to understand how that works. But my heart's 20 years of being real estate, that's kind of me. So Billy's more in the finance side. So it's always good. I also know you do a couple of things which uh, you work with uh, domestic violence. You also yep. help homeless, which I do as well. A lot of it's yep. incognito, which... Hats off to you because I think that goes a a much further way, and I have a a lot of respect for people that do that.
1: No, likewise, mate. It's not always about, you know, you know yourself. I know a lot of the stuff that you and Billy do in your team. It's not always about being in the media or putting it on your website. It's just important to give back. You know, know, we've
0: three years ago, I've been asked for many years to do the Vinicius CEO and I said, I don't want to. Yeah. Why don't you want to? I said, because I don't want to do it for the wrong reasons. I don't want to be there advertising it. Please yeah. do it, please do it. So they were telling me for years, I uh, did it successfully, I hated social media. Eventually I did and I was on social media, I saw the impact it would have. But if I had it my way, I would like it to never be on social media, never mentioned, but I know it has more of an impact because I don't want to do things for the wrong reasons. So I know that you yeah. do them um, quietly. So
1: I have a lot of respect for people that do that and well done. Thanks, mate. Likewise to yourself and Billy. And look,
0: um, j- just to close off, the, the main thing about this, and I'm going to have you on again, the podcast, if I'm lucky enough to have you back on, it's about collaboration. It's not about competition. Together, we can achieve more and help more. Absolutely. Life. And I know you've had a positive impact on me, and, and I like always having these discussions with you. And someone having the financial backing of someone, a mentor or a team, they can go a lot further. I know your office is based in Sydney, but you service nationally, um, Infinity Group. Uh, and I love your slogan, changing lives financially, which you truly are. I've always been a fan of yourself and your business. Keep up the great work. Hopefully to see you soon. And
1: when this COVID thing's behind us, we'll do this again face-to-face. But, uh, and, absolutely. And with
0: our wives as well. We can do all four. We've
1: got to talk. We've got to see how we can change more lives and impact more lives. So we've just got to get together and when we can actually sit down and have a meal and break some bread again, and we've got to figure this out. Looking forward to that. Thank you very much for your time. Graham. I'll
0: speak to you soon.
1: Thanks, Chris. Pleasure.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: All righty. So stop recording. Yep.